Carnelli, when he was the defensive line coach with the Bucks, how do you play the run? He said we played the run on the way to the quarterback. With the emphasis on the passing game in college, same idea today? I think you're always, you know, you're always in that mentality. I think, you know, you know, there's obviously, you know, we say that, and I, I mean, I, I used to watch Rod a lot, uh, and, you know, good friend of mine sat play for him, but, you know, certain things make you play a little bit more run, but there ain't no doubt, you know, because when you rush into quarterback, you always got to play that run as well, so, I mean, it's, you know, it's like I tell the boys, uh, we're always on offense, man, we're always going, so. How's your position group kind of come along uh, since the start of camp? I've been overly impressed with really. I think you know, let me start by saying that I think these guys were just hungry. They were hungry to learn. They were hungry to be held, you know, accountable, and um, I think they were ready for something different too. And, and that's made our jobs entirely different than what I probably would have might expected coming into a, a program that I was familiar with, but that a program that has struggled over the last several years. They've always had some talent here, and they've had they have some really good young men. And I think these guys just finally said enough's enough, and and they, they they put it together. They may have gotten rid of some some things that might have been standing in their way, but they've just taken this thing and run with it. I think the culture is unbelievable right now with what you know what these young men have done. But it really starts with the head man. The head man's consistent. He's fair to everybody. He holds everybody accountable. And 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 I think when you know players feel that and they know that that's love and they they took that love and they respected it and they ran with it and they made it their own and I couldn't be more proud of this whole this whole team. But you know our, the defensive line. I mean I can go on and on about a lot of the things that I've seen the last you know couple of weeks. It's just impressed me. You, you talk about kind of that hunger from them and, and you know, the, the, this program struggles over the last few years. Is that kind of the biggest things fans might be optimistic about? Just the fact that there's. There's change here. These guys are hungry and ready for it. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I would assume the fans are all holding their breath. You know, I think everybody loves winners and beginners. And, you know, we're definitely at the, the beginning stage of a new era here. And, um, but, but, you know, I think I think what these guys have done a great job. And I think, too, that, you know, the fans got to understand, too, these guys are following the process. They're not thinking ahead. They're, they're trying to be where their feet are. And I think that's one of the biggest one of the biggest factors that's helped us is these these guys have come out and focused on today, and getting better to the, you know that day. I mean, we're going to hit some bumps and hurdles, man. I mean, these guys are learning how to win again. They're learning how to win by the way they keep their locker, the way they walk the meetings, the way they sit up in meetings, the way they hydrate, the way they diet. I mean, you know, these guys are you know we've tried to teach them, but these guys have taken they're, they're learning how to do everything a winner does the right way, and that's a hard thing to do. Everybody thinks that's easy consistency. And the pressure of always doing that, it's hard. And these guys have done a heck of a job with that, man. I've been really impressed. So to, to the players, to the coaches, the fans, I mean, we're just focused on the process right now. We're not worried about the result. and We're going to work every day and to get better, and that's all we can do. We're going to control the controllables. Coach, this is your third time around here. You're yes, sir. Uh, of course, you're here on the very front end. And, yes, sir. Uh, in coming back, this season, what was the connection you had to Coach Golish or maybe other coaches as well that ultimately led you back to Tampa? Well, you know, fortunately I had a job, you know, but uh, I think the other part of it is, is uh, I didn't know Golish. Um, I knew Orlando, and Orlando knew very badly at the end of it. Uh, I went home to be with my mom when she got Alzheimer's dementia and worked for Jim, with Jim Levitt down at FAU. He was the defense coordinator. I gave up a lot to do that, but I enjoyed it too. Football's football is in my hometown, but uh, my relationship, I think, you know, being around Orlando, I think he built a, a sizable amount of trust with me. 
but he also knows, you know, we've had conversations, and I won't get into the whole story at the end, uh, when uh, that, our last coach got let go, that I was doing everything I can to get here. I was trying to find everybody and anybody that was up for this job, and he heard me, but, uh, you know, and, uh, but he knew I wanted to be here, too. He knew how passionate I was about this place, and I've been wanting to be here for, you know, for a couple of years now, you know, I wanted to come back. Mm -hmm. and, um, mm -hmm. I let everybody know that. During your career, you had a, what was it, eight to ten years or so, you were in private business? I guess yeah, I think it was like eight years. I, when I was here, uh, you know, I never thought about being a football coach. Never really told myself I'm going to be a coach. One day when I got done playing, I had multiple surgeries when I was with the Rams that year. I got a phone call out of the blue, and it was Jim Levitt asking me, hey, you want to coach? I said, yeah, yeah, sure, you know, and showed up. and. Just started coaching, you know, so, um, but I, I did get out of it for a while. I wasn't making a lot of money. I kind of challenged myself at that time, and, you know, luckily I did it. Everything happens for a reason. My wife and I got together, and, and you know, which led me to having, getting married and having kids, so, but I got out of it and uh, went and started a business. I, I challenged myself, started a medical building business with a couple of my, you know, teammates from college, and did that for, you know, several years, had a lot of success, and couple bumps here and there and some uh, real bad thing kind of happened. Uh, that's somebody steal a lot of money from me, but, uh, you know, at some point in time, uh, I was a partner. It was bad. Uh, <laughs> I almost won't tell you his name because I started seeing him. Uh, but then I just remember calling up Jim Levitt and Chico and all them and said, I want my job back. And they said, oh, Dan McCarney's going to take the job at Florida. So I'll be there. And I said, I'll be there tomorrow. And I went and sat in the office until Jim saw me. He asked me, what are you doing here? I said, I want my job back. He was, really? How do you know there's a job open? I saw Dan walk by. I said, that guy right there is leaving. <laughs> I said, I want my office back. He told me to go home, and I just, I don't know why I told you that long story, but they told me to go home, and like two days later, called me, brought me in an interview. And I was so rusty, and I had an interview with Wally Burnham, and I think it was the worst, thing, worst interview I think I've ever done. But, wow. Jim, but he just was, that was rusty. I don't I just, well, I wasn't on point, I don't think, I, you know. And, Jim, and he didn't want to take me. And Jim, I remember Jim told him, now, we're going to take him. Trust me. This guy will do it for you. And, and it all worked out. And thank God for Wally. So. Who were your teammates at Miami that you founded the business with? Uh, Rusty Medeiros. He was the other All-American DN that was on the other side. And Jason Marucci. He was a running back. He was a chiropractor who had a. Had some relationships with ortho, so we, uh, my old, my old roommate, created a billing program. I don't think we knew what we had then—a virtual private network. So, mm -hmm. we started doing billing for a couple of doctors, chiros, and it started into orthos and MRIs, and uh, it got pretty and good. Yeah, the football itch again, I guess. Yeah, 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 yeah. Something like that. <laughs> I mean, it never, it never left. No, but you know what? I, you know, that was the best thing I ever did because I, I did nothing but go to school and play football. And, and I, I challenged myself. I wanted to do something different. You know, I've actually started a couple of little businesses over the years and had some, a lot of success with them. But uh, even some minor success. But it's just challenging myself and doing some different things. Heck, I even took the real estate exam just bored during COVID. You know, <laughs> I did. I was just bored. I didn't take the state exam. I have to go take the class again because I, I just paid that money so I can take it. I was just challenging myself. <laughs> and these other businesses that you looked into since having the. Uh a medical billing yeah. uh, firm. You what? 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 Did a similar type of work? The medical. Well, I started that. Then I, I did. I did uh, process serving business. Then I started hiring process servers at one point in time, and and then uh, and then I actually gave that business to this guy that I just kind of liked, and he was struggling, and I ended up just giving him all my clients. I just didn't have any desire for it. I felt like I'd do something for somebody. So I did that once. 
Okay. Coach, I've always said well, I people, guess I gotta keep my money, man. <laughs> <laughs> I've always said to people, if a quarterback can throw it where he wants to, when he wants to, and to whom he wants to, you're gonna get beat. How important is it to make that guy just uncomfortable? Oh, we talk about it all the day. If you look at a lot of things that we do on the D-line, we're always going after that ball. We're always stripping at the quarterback. We're always tr trying to cloud their vision every day. We have a ball disruption drill, that, you know, our goal that we know we have two ball disruptions. And whether it be calls, fumbles, PBUs, I mean, we, you know, it's all about that ball. They named this game after it, man. That's what we're going after. So, um, you, know, we're, we're, you know, we talk about clouding his vision, you know. These quarterbacks now in this RPO game and just this quick game that these guys do, that ball gets out quick, you know. And I tell these guys, I even hate saying it's, you know, blocking a pass and, you know, from the line of scrimmage is almost as good as a sack nowadays just because of the opportunity, especially with certain teams. So, the you know, quarterbacks don't like it. I mean, they, you know, they watch these guys, they practice with guys holding up nets and stuff, walking towards the quarterback, clouding their vision. We want that son of a bitch off his launch point. We want him harassed. He does not get comfortable. And we want, you know, one of our biggest tools that we've got is our quickness. But one of the biggest ones we've got, too, you know, is, you know, creating fear in the opponent. And, and you know, we try to do that everything, and not just with talking, but by being in certain spots and really giving, you know, being in certain spots and being violent in certain spots, you know, making them sweat. So we've, we've got to disrupt that quarterback. That, that's as, as much as important as of hitting that quarterback. What's your kind of impression of where this program is compared to when you left it the last time? Just big picture. You know, it, that's funny you ask me, and I don't mean to speak up so quick. You know, being a Miami guy, I always think of, hear all these guys, well, i got to get back to the old, you know, the old you, the old this. Nah, and I told these guys not too long here in the meeting, you know, and, you know, people say things to me all the time. I don't want them to be them. If I, the only thing I want, we talk about getting back to the old ways, is being tough and violent. And being the toughest, most violent people out there, that's what we want to be. Not to be the George Salvies, the Aaron Lynch, Jason Pierre Pauls. You know, let's be the best version of ourselves. And, and really getting back to the how the culture was before, we will step across that line and play anybody and swing with everybody. That's what we've got to get it back to. We can't recreate something that happened in the past. We can just be the best versions of ourselves and, and just hold on to that DNA of being tough son bitches and really coming out there when somebody lines up across us, they know it's going to be a long damn day for themselves. Pretty much like how your hurricanes were. That's exactly. Yes. They, uh, they, that's what I'm saying. I hear it all the time. It's like, you know, oh, we got to get back. No, yeah, get back. they got to get back to just being the, 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 the true essence of what created that. And that's hard, tough, and together and, mm -hmm. and not bending. Mm -hmm. you know, and, and being the thickest thieves and having a culture that's uncompromising to, you know, when it comes to upholding the standards. We had some interesting teammates, too. Yeah. To say the least, including some of who have made it on the international stage. I think these young guys, they know some of them, but I don't think they realize, too, how crazy and how great some of those players I was fortunate enough to be around. I always tell people all the time, wasn't that good? They just had to block everybody else. I was just smart enough to make it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, make some plays. So I'm sure you still stay in touch with a number of them. Uh, oh, you know, I, I, listen, I, you know, I talk to Toretta a lot. I talk to Warren Sapp a lot. You know, I mean, they're my brothers. I mean, and, and we love each other. None of us are perfect, but, you know, when it comes down to it, we sacrifice a lot for each other. And it's a bond that's unique. And, you know, I think it's not necessarily just that place down there. Because, listen to me, y'all. I'm a cane, that's right. I've been here a lot longer than I was ever there. This place is just as important to me. I'll never shake that DNA that I have down there, but that's what makes me me that's what you know that same dna that's what i'm talking about with the culture and what we're trying to do not to be the canes 
Not the Canes would be the old Canes, not the USF would be the old USF, but we carry that DNA that makes teams great, no matter what school it is, and that's hard, tough, together, and unwavering when it comes up holding our standards. You overlapped a couple of years with Dwayne Johnson, is that right? Yeah, he was my roommate once. He was my backup once, yeah, and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody always thinks I name drop. It's like everybody asks me, but no, that Dewey was, yeah, Dewey was, he still is a good friend of mine, Dwayne. What do you like as a roommate? Clean. <laughs> Very neat. You know, he always had his la 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 on. You know, he's, good, he's a good human being. A really good human being. Great human being. All of them are in their own yeah. way. I mean, people always look at us and thugs. I mean, I look like a thug to you. We just different. We're going to feel some great human beings. But uh, we got some great human beings on this team as well. And guys that I just enjoy being around that I would love to play with. That I have respect for as a player. Away from the field, you obviously kept your eye on beyond the gridiron, your business and all that, too. Is that, uh, and again, you, you talked about maybe the itch of getting back into football after you went in private business, but is that, did you always have that business sense always. as you're going through school at Coral Gables and yeah, even always, before that, maybe? Always. I think, you know, you know as I've gotten older, <clears throat> as I've gotten older, I, you know, you tend to look back and, at the things that you you say, but things that you've done, and you can reflect a little bit to figure out kind of like, oh, why did I do that? I like, you know what I mean? My wife always, always tell her like, hey, when I retire, I'm, I'm gonna just chill. She's like, you ain't gonna chill. You're yeah. gonna do something else. And she's probably right because just you get bored with things, and you like, I like challenges, and I like working. But when I when I lay down and relax, I'm the best at that now. <laughs> I, I can get ten toes up. I can lay there for hours. I, I go to like like almost a coma during the summer. And then my wife and my kids always come me like, leave the house, let's go out to the beach. I'm like, I'm gonna be out in the sun forever. Y'all go out to you know, y'all go to the pool. But career-wise, whether it's football or, or business, is there somebody that or somebody's that really made a nice impression on you and really helped get you to where you were at that time? Uh, Again, it could be football or it could have been in business. Uh, you know, somebody on the coaching staff or something. I don't know. You know, to sit there and say a singular ever looked at one individual. I grew up with no man ever in my life. Never had a father. I had one great man in my life, Uncle Neil, Neil Livingston, who was around. He was the only one that ever tried to give me guidance as a man. But what I learned to do early on, and actually I started in football. I mimicked people. I saw what I liked. As a player, I like that move. Why did you do that? And mimic that person. As I went through it, and you start going through life, you start seeing people. You know, you talk about, you know, you've surrounded, you're the average of the four or five people you surround yourself with. So I would see success. I mean, like even the stock market now, I, I see people have success talking about it, treatment. I go ask them questions. And I, you know, again, what are you doing? So I'm, I was always trying to constantly learn something new that, that, you know, I felt like, I feel that, I, I like that. And, you know, and, and in business world was the same thing. I mean, I can remember going to talk to different doctors who started their own orthopedic clinics when I was doing medical billing. I'd go talk, see, a, meet a chiropractor, talk to them. How'd you do this? What was your, just the organization methods, everything, just like in coaching. I still do this day. I learned from my players. I learned from high school coaches. You know, I ask high school coaches, how did you do that? Go out to practice. What are you doing when you do that? Well, I like that. I'm going to steal that. I mean, you know, I mean, so I've, I've benefited from a lot of people. My head coaches, you know, Dennis Erickson, my D-line coaches, um, you know, Greg Mark, uh, who runs a successful one, was a successful coach, and now he owns like 
like three or four Montessori schools down there, and I've linked on him with things, but whether it be in accounting and so forth. But you know, to sit there and say I singularly looked at one person, and I mean, I've tried to steal from everybody. You know, again, I look at people who are great at what they do, or great human beings, and I want to, I want to be great like that man as a man, and I want to be great like that man as a, as a or a woman as a business person. So. You know, I'd, I'd be wrong to sit and name one person because I feel like I'd leave somebody out. As a youth, it sounds like your uncle would be number one there. My great uncle would be my number one. Yeah. He passed away about a month, about two months, three months ago. Yeah, so and that was sad. He used to always be out here everywhere I've been, but really out here, every time I came out of the game, he'd be out there barbecuing and be hmm. decked out in USF stuff. And, you know, coming back, I was really hoping that he'd have an opportunity to do that. But, it's, you know, all my cousins will be here again, and they're going to be doing it. Heck, they used to be out there, and then all our coaches used to be out there as well. And the next thing you know, it was a big party. <laughs>